everyone, I am Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week we talk to Devil May Care, an emo folk artist based in South Carolina. Despite being scarred as a child by Michael Myers, he has a love of slasher movies, especially Halloween. He started music at a young age and has since done everything from playing in a Creed cover band to playing shows in Japan. Antonym Part 1 was released this year and we can expect to hear parts 2 and 3 in the near future. In between, we can look forward to more music in the form of his Stream of Consciousness singles. Without further ado, If a Tree Falls by Devil May Care. Doug McCarthy, uh, Devil May Care, thank you for being on with us today. Thank you for having me on. So the first thing that we wanted to talk a little bit about was that you told us that you were interested in movies, particularly like horror movies. Yes. Um, now, horror movies got like a lot of different like scales. So are you kind of <laughs> like gore, like in Saw and stuff, or is it more like the suspense? Like what's your, what's your genre? I do love all of it, but I guess uh, the main thing like uh, slasher type movies like uh, Halloween is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I have um, I have a tattoo of Michael Myers on my leg. Like a lot of the slasher, like Friday the 13th, Halloween, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, all those kind of different things. But I do love all of it. But that's, I guess, if I had to say I had a favorite subgenre of horror, it would be like more than a slasher stuff. How did you end up uh, getting like into horror movies? There wasn't like a certain like point that it happened. I remember being very, very scared of them when I was younger, when I was, uh, I'm not super young, but I was going over a friend's house and, and the exorcist was on and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And I went over and I couldn't even make it through it. I had to walk home. I was like, okay, I'm nope, <laughs> I can't do this. Um, and actually with Michael Myers, I was super afraid of that and i don't know if that manifested into like the love of of those movies i don't really know but there was a point um 
I was with a friend um, and his mom and we were uh, camping and the campground we were at, it was like uh, Halloween in July or like something like that, or like June or July, something like that. Um, and the person next to us had like a Michael Myers costume. Um, my friend's mom told him that I was super afraid of Michael Myers. So anytime he would be around the campground and see me, he would just like stare at me. And I would notice <laughs> oh, that that's awful. Away and then look back, he'd still be staring at me. I was like, I didn't know he was the neighbor yet. I was just like, okay, this is kind of weird. Um, and there was a point where um, I was in the camper. There was a knock on the, like on the camper door. I was looking for something. So I didn't answer. My friend answered and it was the guy in the whole Michael Myers outfit. Thankfully, I wasn't the one opening the door because <laughs> I don't know what I would have done. Uh, but they told me after the fact. So that was an interesting experience. And then just like sooner or later, I don't know if it was like a, a fear mechanism or a coping mechanism. Like, And now Michael Myers is my favorite horror movie. So that was a weird thing. But they definitely tried to scare me with that. And it did work for a little bit. But yeah, there wasn't like a certain point. It was just like all of a sudden I was like, I'm not super afraid of these anymore they're just they're movies they're fun and and kind yeah. of went more into that so that's like a lot of dedication from <laughs> that other person yes, to continue yes. to do that <laughs> yeah i never saw him after the fact but yeah do you have anyone that does that now still like anyone that you know just kind of <laughs> like come knock on your door in a michael myers um no Thankfully, even though I do love it, but if it's more of a real life thing, I still am kind of, if I watch a movie or something and uh, like right outside my living room, we have like a outside porch and it's like all windows. So like you can see outside. So I'm still, I wouldn't want to see anything. So when it's real life stuff, I don't like that. But knowing it's a movie, then I can have fun with it. Now, when you're watching the movie, is it still like scary to you or is it more of a suspenseful kind of thing? Because I like horror movies. I won't even like like <laughs> Jaws is a horror movie to me. Like that okay, is too yeah. much of a, it is, though. It is. a jump. Like yeah. I won't even watch that. So I can't even imagine watching a Michael Myers movie because <laughs> I know I'm going to be scared and that yeah. scares me even more. So like, how do you get through those movies without being scared watching them? I can kind of appreciate it more for like uh, the creativity and like see it through the other process now and appreciate it rather than it scaring me. Like while I'm watching it, it doesn't scare me, but maybe after the fact, if I'm walking by my door, then I'm still kind of like, hopefully no one's there because <laughs> I wouldn't enjoy that. But yeah, so it's while I'm watching it, it's fine. But it's still like, I'm not going to stand in front of an open window at night because I'll just assume somebody might be out there. So I don't want that. <laughs> so you talk a little bit about like the, the creative process of the movies. And like you told us that you were interested sort of in like the storytelling aspect a little bit. Do you think that's something that kind of like seeps into your musical process a little bit as well? Um, not so much with... Um, with the music I'm doing now, uh, but there was a point um, a couple of years ago under kind of like a different name, I did score a couple like short um, horror films um, and kind of made made music, uh, no vocals or anything, but kind of more in that 
like horror movie vein. Um, right now, not so much, but um, and there, there was a point where I'd make a bunch of stuff and and try to like get it into movies or something. And there was a couple movies um, by the same guy uh, from uh, France, actually. Um, and he heard a couple things and got me in one thing and he made um, another short film and I did that too. Uh, totally different vibe, but still like in the horror kind of genre. Um, so that was a big focus for a while. Um, with the music I'm making now, not so much, maybe subconsciously like instrumental stuff. I might like have that in the back of my mind, but it's not like the main focus. Now that's really interesting because I don't think we've talked to anyone who's actually done like scoring and stuff for, for film or anything like that. So what's kind of the difference there between like doing something for film and kind of making your own personal music? Um, with when I make like, especially the music I'm making now, it's just, I'll sit down and whatever comes out, comes out. Like I don't have a certain thing that I'm going for. It just so happens everything is kind of on the sad side. Um, but I don't like go out to say, I'm going to make this kind of song because if I do, it'll just like come out completely the opposite where if I know I'm scoring a film, they'll send some scenes or the whole thing and I'll watch it and then know, okay, like this is the vibe they want. And then certain scenes, if it's a quieter scene, it calls for this. If it's more like a jump scare, it calls for this. So there's more, um, not parameters, but like, instead of me just sitting down and writing something, I'm watching something somebody already made and then kind of gearing the music to fit that more. I love doing that and being a part of that creative process, but that's more like making the film even better if I can with certain certain things um, that maybe the a director or whatever maybe didn't even realize, but I can, if I can make it better from something I'm doing, then that's, I'm all for that. I'm just serving the movie and I wanna make it as good as it can. And then with my personal music, it's just, okay, let's write a song and then whatever comes out, we'll see what happens and then go from there. So talking about these different experiences you've had uh, within the realm of music, when and how did you get your start uh, in music, playing and writing? I mean, writing came after, but I mean, uh, when I was a little kid, um, I would always be like drumming on something, even if, like with pencils on on a counter or just whatever. Um, I was always drumming on something. My parents got me like a little, a, like toy drum kit kind of thing. And I broke that pretty soon, which would kind of <laughs> follow me with, um, whatever I did, I was always, I hit really hard and break cymbals and break drum heads and whatever else. So that was kind of a precursor, I guess. Um, um, and then my mom got me uh, just a snare drum. We just rented a snare drum um, and we had like a finished basement and I would just like, like play a song and just, just play the snare, which was, it's crazy to think about now, but like I would add more parts 
and like play with it. But to me, I actually had a real drum that I could hit. So it was like the best thing ever. Um, and then when I was 13, uh, my mom said, we'll buy you drums if you take drum lessons. So I started drum lessons for a few years and they bought me a drum kit. And then it just kind of, it just kind of took off from there. But um, the writing came more after like the first band I was in, I was maybe like 17, 18. Um, and for the first year, as weird as it may sound, uh, we actually only played Creed songs. <laughs> that was the band. <laughs> we all loved at the time. It was like 99, 2000-ish. Uh, um, and that was a band we all liked. And we we're like, okay, we'll just play those songs. We didn't have a bass player, like to make it even weirder. It was just three of us, me, um, a guitar player and a singer. And we would just do Creed songs. And it was very random to think about now. And it's like, okay, but in my head, it's like, hey, you gotta start somewhere. And that was, <laughs> that was the start as weird as it is. But, um, and then we eventually wrote our own songs and got a bass player, but. <laughs> Um, but it's been pretty ingrained with me, um, since super, super young. My dad was huge into music. Um, and, uh, my mom has like a super eight video of me in, um, in feety pajamas at like two years old, uh, jamming out to Twisted Sister, I Want to Rock. And like, I'm playing air guitar and stuff. So it's been a long time, <laughs> basically since I was two until now. Music has been a huge part of my life. Now you told us a little bit about like you having this like long history of music and you've done all this like cool stuff. Uh, and you told us about like the film scoring and like this other, this uh, Creed band that you were in now. <laughs> yeah. um, so like, what are some of those other things that you've gotten to do over the course of like your musical journey? I guess it got more serious in uh, like 2003, I joined a band uh, called Rainshine, and they had played in South Africa the year before. Uh, there's like a festival Woodstock down there too, um, and they played the year before, and they got asked back. And when I joined, they're like, "Well, hey, you're going to South Africa now." I was like, "Okay." Um, so we went to South Africa for like three weeks um, and played random shows down there with different bands, and so that was nuts. <laughs> um, uh, toward Canada. Um, and then after that, just like local bands and stuff. And I booked a tour for a local band that I was in and it was like from East coast to the West coast and horrible routing, but it's like, we just wanted to go wherever we could go play chain reaction, which was like a huge thing for us. Um, and then in, uh, 2007, um, I was a drum tech for uh, Boys Like Girls. Um, they were a band, um, I forget what their original name was, but we were friends with them even before that. So we knew them beforehand. Um, and my best friend was their merch guy. And they, at the time, couldn't afford a drum tech, but I was like, hey, if you ever need a drum tech, you know, I'll do it, thinking that's never going to happen. And then they needed one, uh, toured with them. I was with them for maybe, uh, six, eight months, I uh, got to uh, be in the whole Warp Tour, which was amazing. Um, and then through that, met people that introduced me to uh, this band called The Hire uh, that 
needed a drummer and I quit Boys Like Girls, flew from the last Boys Like Girls show to where the hire was and tried out um, without actually playing any of the songs on drums themselves. I was just like on the bus and just like had headphones and was just like air drumming and kind of learned the songs that way. Uh, joined the band. Uh, I was with them um, until early uh, 2010, but uh, we were able to go to the UK and Japan a few times, which was awesome. And we weren't really that popular in the US, but with our label, we were on Sony in Japan. So they would like put money into us. So when we went to Japan, like people actually knew <laughs> who we were, which was even crazier because it was like, we're in a whole completely foreign country and these people know who we are, but we'll be in the US and it's like, not as much, but, uh, but that was an experience for sure. Um, and then just after so many years, just randomly, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I just got burnt out. It's like each tour we were on, there was less people. Um, and it just kind of got to the point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore, which for me was crazy. Cause that's all I wanted to do was music. Uh, but it just got to be a certain point where I was like, I need to kind of be a real person for a while, get a real job. Uh, Cause we weren't really making any money. So I was like, I kind of need to do that too. <laughs> but all the experiences, like I'll, I'll, I'll keep those forever. And I'm, and I'm super blessed to have those for sure. So what, what is the difference sort of for you? Like other than like Japan apparently being like the hot spot, <laughs> like what's the difference for you? Like touring in these other places and getting to play in all of these places that are not like where you're from. Um, it ended up being better when we were overseas because like obviously in Japan, they put money on us. So they knew so there was people at the show. Um, we went to the UK for uh, 10 days and we we're opening for a band who was really popular. So there was maybe a thousand or 1500 people each show. So it was like already kind of built in when we went in, that was great. But then we tore around the U S in a van and just driving all the time, all these hours and then get to a venue and there'd be 30 people there. And I mean, you'd still play like there was 10,000, it didn't matter, but it was definitely, it was definitely different in the U S more than overseas. Uh, but the overseas was definitely a cooler experience just cause I had never been to these places yet. And now I'm playing here and there's all these people. So it was kind of like a weird, a weird thing to like, is this really happening right now? Like I was in a Creed cover band basically. <laughs> and now I'm in Japan and there's all these people that know our song. So it was, it was, it was really cool, but there was definitely the overseas stuff definitely was better than kind of the U.S. stuff. A lot of it being it was a new experience, but um, it was just it was a better experience show wise. So tell us a little bit about the transition um, from that band uh, kind of aspect to your solo project that you're producing now. So I quit the hire in 2010 um, and really didn't do anything for like five years. Like even like go to a show. I was like, I've done that. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Um, moved to uh, South Carolina where I am now. 
and randomly in the first few months joined a band just by happenstance. Uh, the drummer didn't show up for like a video shoot. Um, and I had played um, in a cover band with one of the guys who was in an original band. And he's like, hey, uh, my drummer flaked. Can you come and do this? And I did that. And then I was in the band and it was just out of nowhere, which I wasn't planning on, but we got to record, uh, record a whole album. We went to Nashville and that was really cool. And then even after that, uh, for a couple of years, it was just like, I don't know what it is, but it was just, I need to not do this now. Um, and then had a regular job again for a while. And it really wasn't until like uh, 2018, 19, where I kind of started doing uh, the horror movie stuff um, and the scores and that kind of music. And then here and there would do that. And then I would have drums at my house where uh, there was like these uh, special drum heads and cymbals that like made it like really quiet so I could just play and it wouldn't matter. Nobody could hear me. But then when I found out I was having a, a daughter, I was like, well, I don't know how much time I'm, I'm really going to have to play drums anymore. So I'll put those away for now. And then started doing um, a producing almost more like R&B kind of type stuff, more instrumentals, like nothing with vocals and always wanting to do like a indie folk ish like kind of thing but I was like I'm never gonna sing like I don't like my voice I'm never gonna do that I've always wanted to but it's not gonna happen um and then just randomly like uh transitioned from all the other stuff to be like I'll try it what the hell if I do it and it sucks then nobody will know that it even happened and whatever and I tried it I was like okay it doesn't Sounds better than I thought. Like, okay, people can hear this. Um, and so I wrote a few songs um, and then uh, released them in April. Um, that was Antonym Part One. Um, and it got a really good response, which I didn't know what to expect. I'd never released anything on my own, especially like with vocals and guitar, because it's like, I'm a drummer. So that's my main thing. So outside of my comfort zone with vocals and guitar and everything else but it was more like I just want to try it let's see what happens if it sucks oh well I tried it um and people seemed to like it which was great um and then just been writing more um and it was mainly um I didn't really know where it was going to go if it would go anywhere I just wanted to try it and I remember I was in this room at midnight like when everything released I like had a beer in here. I was like, okay, like it's, it's out in the world. So <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. But it was, the response was good. I couldn't have asked for anything more. So tell us a little bit about then uh, the process for Antonym, because like you said, like you're a drummer, like a lot of this is kind of new to you in, in this. And like you release something that sounds really good. sounds really cool. And just, Walk us through that process um, of making that for you. Okay. Um, I mean, everything was in this room that we're in right now, which is uh, my office. Like I've been able to work from home since March of 2020. Um, everything I do is mainly on the computer. So like I was in an office and they were like, hey, go home. We'll see where this goes. And it was funny because even one of my coworkers was like, oh, I'll see you in a month. And now two and a half years later, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still here. Um, but, uh, all in this room and 
we don't have daycare yet. So basically when I work, I have my daughter too. So there's not a ton of time to really work on stuff. So it's only from nine or 10 to one or two in the morning, basically each night is when I have time. Um, so like I took that time, uh, just kind of wrote some stuff. I like acoustic, I bought a guitar. I had um, a bass guitar from the other stuff I did and it was just kind of seeing what I was really capable of. I was like, I don't know a bunch. Like even when I write something, I don't know what chord it is or what I played. So like, I'll basically like video myself once I have an idea at like while I'm playing it so I can see like, okay, my hands, my fingers are here. Cause if I just hear it, I have no idea. And that's the drummer in me. I like, I hit things. There's no, I mean, I guess there is notes, but when I'm hitting something, I'm just like, okay, this is the snare. This is the Tom symbol. I just, hit these things and it sounds good but with guitar so much more to it and so um it's was definitely a learning curve and when i would do something thankfully for recording you can do it over and over and over and over again which i definitely needed to do but uh the more i did it uh the more i was comfortable with it and um it was just in those kind of midnight hours in here and i just have obviously the instruments and I just have a condenser mic um, and just different stuff, audio interface. And I was just able to do it all in this little room and just hoping it would sound good. <laughs> and I think it did, so. So do you have plans for anatomy part two? Do we have any um, idea when we can hear that? Um, with, uh, with Antonym, I knew going in, uh, there would be three parts. Um, and I kind of had like, a okay, part one will just be whatever comes out and we'll see what happens. Um, I wanted, uh, part two to have like a feature on each song, um, which I think that'll now be part three. Um, but I've written, uh, three or four songs for part two, uh, just have to, uh, track them. Um, I was hoping for an August release. I don't really know if that'll happen. So um, just because of the time constraint. Um, but then um, I went to uh, Richmond, Virginia um, a few weekends ago, uh, just as a getaway trip just for the weekend. And usually it takes me a little bit to write a song because obviously still kind of learning guitar and learning the other stuff. Um, and a song just like came out. Um, and so I kind of started this thing um, I call the stream of consciousness uh, sessions. So basically, if a song just happens to spill out, which usually doesn't happen, but if it happens, then I'll take that, write that, record it, and then release that as like just a single release in between like all the antonym releases. It usually takes me a while, but um, I did one and I released that uh, on June 6th, which again, people like, which is great. Um, I got one now uh, that I'm mixing. So hopefully uh, that'll be out, if not July, then sometime in August. Um, Antonym part two, I'm trying not to rush myself because then I get in my head and then it's a whole thing, but um, either August or September. 
uh, part two should come out. And that'll be three or four songs. And then just random other songs in between, just because uh, I know it takes so long. But uh, hopefully some uh, some more stream of consciousness uh, sessions, just like in between, just to kind of have that. So it's not a huge gap in between. But those will just be singles where Antonym will be three or four songs each. And once I've released all the songs in part one, part two, part three, I want to re-release it with basically like a different track listing um, and then like the demos of each one. Because I, I always love to hear other people's demos and be like, it started in this place and then, oh, it went all the way to this place. So I like to see that. So I want to release like the demo version of each song as well. So how do you differentiate the songs that will be included, say, in part two and three versus the stream of consciousness uh, project that you're doing simultaneously? Yeah. Um, with the stream of consciousness, it's just, if it comes out, just like everything comes out at once for the most part. I mean, like I'll add kind of like ad lib stuff, but if it's something where I just have an idea and it's like, okay, that'll be the base for that. And then lyrics come kind to of my head. And then I just do this whole thing. Then that'll be a stream of consciousness one where it's just, this just all came out at once. And this is that where Antonym, not that more goes into it, but um, I guess I take a little more time with the Antonym stuff. Not that the quality of the other stuff won't be as good, it's just, randomly I'll have an idea and just like a whole song will come out which usually isn't the case so that's why I have these other things where if if it happens then I'll release that in between and it's not like a I need to release something once a month or once every two weeks or anything like that it's I'm writing the antonym stuff and then if I'm writing something that just happens to come out all at once, then that'll be a stream of consciousness kind of thing. And that's why I named it that. Cause it's just, it's just, hey, it just all came out at once and and that's what happened. Now you said, um, like when you started, when we started talking about the anonym stuff that you knew it was going to be three parts. Um, so like, how did you know it was gonna be three parts? Did you have like an idea for each of them? Like, how did you go into um, starting this sort of three-piece project? I mean, when I kind of wrote one, then I was like, okay, like, I can write one. And then my mind just runs wild. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, I can do, like, this is part one. Because if I were to take the time to write, like, 10 or 11 songs at once, then it would take forever. And I just wanted these to get out. So I was like, okay, this will be part one. Then once that it, it, once that's done, then part two is next. And at first I was like, that'll all have features. But some of the people who I wanted on features, I found out we're releasing stuff kind of around the same time that I wanted to. So I was like, well, I don't want to get in, in their way. So I'll do part two myself. And then maybe part three will kind of be more, um, more feature-based because uh, usually that, doesn't happen a lot and kind of like the indie folk kind of thing, but I listen to R&B, rap, like a bunch of stuff where that is more prevalent. So I kind of wanted to bring that into the indie folk kind of space. 
Um, and uh, this part two, I knew one part would have more instrumentation. And in part two, there will be actual uh, drums that I've um, already recorded. I sent them up here, had a couple mics. Um, so part two will definitely be more invasive isn't the right word, but just more, more instrumentation. So there'll be same kind of sad songs that you'd expect, but there'll be actual drums, um, if not actual drums, and just like a beat that I made on my computer um, and just kind of more into it where the first part was, I don't know if I can do this. So here's just an acoustic and me. And then after that got confidence, I was like, okay, I'll add drums to this. I'll add more guitar. I'll add bass. I'll add whatever else to it. So uh, part two will be more uh, labor intensive, I guess, musically. And then part three, I still want to do like a feature on each as well. So we talked a little bit about the process of making Antonym and these kind of stream of consciousness sessions. Um, and even a little bit about your past to music, but tell us a little bit about uh, your inspirations. Like what kind of music do you listen to that really like gives you the inspiration to make your own or maybe like what are the things outside of music that kind of give you inspiration to write as a whole i listen to just literally everything and i know a lot of people say that but it's really true um with uh with the stuff i'm doing now um once i heard um uh Suf john stevens uh carrie and lowell album i was like i want to do something like that like it just, I heard it and a friend of mine, a good friend of mine was just like, hey, I'd never heard of him before. Um, this was 2013, 2014, whatever it was. Um, and he's just like, hey, I think you'd really like this album. Oh, this guy's great. And I listened to it and I was like, oh my God, like where's this, where's this been my whole life? <laughs> and I knew like just from listening to that album, I was like, I want to make eventually, I don't know if I will, but if I could make something like this, then I would love to do that. Um, for some reason, it's just, I can try to write a happy song, but it, it doesn't really work. It just always goes to a sad place and I'm still not completely sure why that is. Um, uh, there is a song uh, that will be on, on part two that's about my daughter that's not sad, but um, and that's really the only one, but it's still, I guess, musically, it's still kind of melancholy sounding, but um, I always kind of, I've always loved sad sounding stuff. And I just, that's what, if I'm just sitting down with a guitar, that's, that's really all that comes out. Um, but I mean, I think it sounds cool, but um, with inspiration, um, I mean, it can be anything from i mean life in general like if i'm just i love to walk um if i'm just like walking around a place and i see a random person or just a building or just anything can kind of spark an idea um like with uh uh part one uh the phone call uh the um that song is basically about when my mom uh, called me to tell me my dad died. And so that was like, obviously that was <laughs> an inspiration of stuff, but um, I mean, it can be anything to something that heavy or just life in general and just 
like walking around being out in nature and just like there's so much more than me <laughs> there's just so much going on so much around that I can get inspiration just walking around the block so it's it can come from anywhere sometimes um in that situation it happens with actual life events but um I mean it can happen anywhere I mean even there's songs I watched um a Brittany Murphy documentary on HBO um and like halfway through watching that I like started writing a song almost like based on that so it's just like I never know when inspiration is going to strike, but it could happen at any time. <laughs> and I just kind of go with it. Now, I know that you're focusing more on your, your own solo stuff right now, but do you think that you would be inclined to join a band again anytime in the future? With everything now, with obviously full-time job, um, almost two-year-old daughter, um, my wife works a bunch, so it's just like I'm home a ton, so I don't really know if I would really even have the time. Um, if I were to do anything, I'd love to, like if a band needed like drums for something, I'd love to maybe a, like a one-off a one-off tour or just a one-off show or, hey, we need a few songs in the studio. I would still love to do that. Like if I'm anything creative, I'm, I would love to do. And with my job, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a graphic designer, but it's just like, I design things for my job. So it's like, I'm able to be creative and that. So as long as I'm being creative, um, I'm happy. I don't know if um, a full band thing uh, would happen again, but um, if it was a certain situation where I could uh, like carve out some time, then I would totally do that. If I can be creative, then I'm happy. Yeah, well, um, Sydney, do you have any other questions? So where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? Um, I'm on um, uh, Twitter um, and Instagram. I think they're both. Actually, let me check right now. I know uh, Twitter is just at D-E-V-L maker. Um, and let me see what Instagram is. I'm pretty sure it's the same. Yes, uh, Instagram, the same thing, uh, D-E-V-L maker. Um, I post more on Twitter um, than anything, but I'm on, I'm on both. Um, not really on anything else, but while I'm working from home, I'll kind of look on Twitter and see if anything's happening and post some stuff, but um, I'm on both Twitter and Instagram either way. And then uh, music on all uh, streaming services. Uh, once again, uh, Doug, Devil May Care, thank you so much for being on. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured on an episode of Little Known Tracks, you can send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LKTPod for all of our updates and occasionally giveaways and such. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time.